0: That's actually what happens when a man or a woman is on purpose. We're just in this state of how can I be of service rather than how can I stick to my identity and show up in a certain way. So when people do this sex magic meditation, it just comes up, things get uncomfortable and it's just like really journeying with the discomfort in the body to alchemize that, to allow your manifestations to come into reality. And I find that when we're already connected to our own sexual energy, it just amplifies when we're connected with somebody else. Really, we can do the real manifesting when we actually allow our orgasms to stay in that space and we don't have to like rush through them and then they just spark off. It's like that when we get able to stay in that orgasmic state for longer, that's when we actually get into the quantum field and that connection to source. People just need to listen. and if we're listening to the the sensations inside of our body and our true desires, like it will be a completely different world that we'll be living in.
1: Today's guest is Victoria Redbard. Victoria is a somatic sexologist and the founder of the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. And she and I were connected through mutual acquaintances in the Tantra community, and we had a really fun conversation starting with butt plugs for business. If you want to know what butt plugs for business are, you should listen to this episode. We also speak about uh, masculine-feminine paradigms in society and relating. Um, It's very interesting, her take on business in general of bringing different paradigms in the business for women, but also kind of for the state of the world. I mean, if you haven't noticed, uh, culture across the board is moving towards feminine paradigms with both pros and cons, and I think uh, some of what Victoria shared are are really good things to keep in mind in terms of integration in a way that uh, one taboo is in replaced with another set of taboos, uh, which is something I I covered a lot in uh, the sexual shame episode from a few weeks ago. Um, So you can check out her work at victoriaredbard.com and New Paradigm Intimacy. She's got a podcast. All the links are in the show notes. And right now you're listening to episode 090. Oh, we're up to episode 90. Who knew? Episode 90, Victoria Redbard, New Paradigm Intimacy. The Rwando Podcast is an exploration of the unconscious and the game of life. Be sure to visit rwando.com to get a preview chapter of my upcoming book, Infinite Play, and free access to my content library. Enjoy the show. All right, Victoria, welcome. Hey. Yeah, so uh, we were connected uh, through, I think, your neighbor teammates and I looked through your stuff. Uh, Very fascinating. We've had a lot of Tantra educators on the show before, Mm -hmm. but uh, the thing that kind of stuck out to me most was Tantra and business. I want to ask you about that up top, Um, but just to introduce you to the audience, uh, can you share a little bit about who you are and how you came to be who you are?
0: Yeah, sure. So, Victoria Redbud. I am a somatic sexologist. Um, I ha- have the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy, which is a sexuality school that helps people step into the space of becoming a sexuality leader. Um, yeah, I'm very passionate about um, yeah, like the new paradigm of what um, business can look like and how we can actually use, you know, the currency of um, of erotic energy that's actually just pulsing through our blood, our bodies abundantly, um, to I feel an experience more of more of a restful beautiful expression of business in the world and less of this kind of like dopamine hit um fast pace get on this rat race to kind of make results happen so yeah i've been really journeying the yeah this new way that organizations want to want to be
1: in the world mm-hmm. and uh so your your company is focused on bringing tantra or educate our erotic energy into business specifically
0: well, it's actually more around becoming a sexuality leader. So the Institute okay. of New Paradigm Intimacy. So I work with the modality of self-pleasure. Um, and I've just started to notice where this, that, that self-pleasure piece just really comes into the, into the business sphere as well. But that's not necessarily the focus of our business. Our mm-hmm. focus of the business is actually around, um, yeah, like um, using sexual energy as, um, as a way of doing self-development and using it in the way of therapy as well. So there's a, there's a couple of pieces there. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm curious, how did you personally get into this line of inquiry?
0: Oh, it's, been a, it's been a big journey. I was just actually uh-huh. on a podcast earlier and I was sharing that she, I feel like it chose me, you know, like, I don't know if I chose to do this. It just sort of come to me that it's just been this ever evolving path that I've just ended up on. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a journey of like finding myself over in Brazil at one point and just mm-hmm. on a, finding myself on a sexuality training. Um, and this sexuality training was just full of like, Spanish and Portuguese speakers. So I kind of just like picked up the the, the transmission very quickly because I didn't speak the language. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it's just been really an unfolding from that. You, you went for that. I was backpacking training. actually, yeah. Okay. I was backpacking around um Central and South America at the time and then mm-hmm. just ended up on this training and it was just like a yeah, it does an ongoing process,
1: basically. Cool. And you're it's from been the pretty, UK, right? It's been
0: pretty wild. Yes, I'm from the UK. I'm glad you can still tell. I've got a very Australian accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I read that on your bio, I wouldn't have been able to. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I'm American. We don't know things. Um, uh, okay, so tantrum business. I- I'm curious about this because um, I don't know if you know anything about my background, but uh, I was in a matriarchal, what we would call a cult, uh, similar kind of organization. But one of the things that drew me to it was that when I was younger, I was kind of frustrated with society and I didn't think necessarily think in terms of masculine-feminine, but I was a kind of frustrated that it was all hyper one-end, hyper left-brain, perhaps dopamine-focused, mm-hmm. the way you mentioned. And, um, and I've, later on, I've, I've noticed from my female friends, a lot of who are into this kind of thing, they find this frustration where because the business world or the conventional business world is so built around a male paradigm or masculine paradigm, one often needs to make a decision of do I try to force myself into something that doesn't really fit me Or do I not, and maybe don't, I am not as competitive a player. So I'm curious, like what your take Mm -hmm. is on bringing erotic energy into business, especially as a woman, but I guess for everyone as well.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I really have had that journey myself. You know, it's been a journey of feeling like, you know, I've been really burnt out periods of my life when I have had to push that masculine piece forward to just really get the, get this sort of noticing inside of the, inside of the space. And yeah, for me, what I'm what I'm feeling is, is there's something that's shifting now, you know, with COVID as well. Like I think it's been a beautiful opportunity to see what is not working, what is falling away, what's not happening anymore on the planet. And I'm starting to see there's almost like this bubble up of um of this subculture of like tantra basically. And I feel that it's really about like this um natural order and this or, this organizing that just happens quite naturally in, in a more of a feminine way, you might say you know like when you see um uh, yeah it's like one of the ways that i see with our business is like we you know we usually have the ceo at the top of a business right and then you've got all the people underneath it that report into that ceo whereas the way that my business is it's more like um the the ceos at the back and it's like it was all this like all these different people doing different things in front of them and it's more of like a you know when i see it on um it's more like a deeper listening to something else that wants to come through and this is kind of how I see where the erotic energy will work inside of these spaces because uh, the way that I work with erotic energy is not necessarily about charging it in towards sex. It can be like, you can choose where this era starts. It can go towards creativity. It can go towards just feeling this, um, you know, this hunger, this, this coming forward. You know, when you feel that creative hit and you're like, okay, I need to step forward and do the thing now. I think that's really what these, these women that you're speaking about have really being longing for is to be able to hit things when it feels inspired rather than to be pushing something uphill because that's just how it has to be. And that's what, it, what needs to happen in this paradigm. And so I've been playing with the idea of like creating a, um, an organization where people can come together and we're trusting in the vibration of who is ever holding the current for a certain thing. So if we have a project come forward, it's just like we're waiting to see who has the electricity for that project and where, in which part they fall into. I guess one of my gifts was inside of that is being able to like really see people and grow them into their genius. So I believe that, you know, when people are in their genius, there's so much more to give. And I I guess I'm seeing like a shift in the moment in the collective where we're moving from this paradigm of like debt and like, you know, our whole money system is built on debt. What we're doing is shifting over to this uh, system of abundance and giving because um, that is based more on, um, yeah, like, like finding your genius and finding what you're passionate about and, and moving from that space and having somebody support you in all the different ways. So it's just like there's, there's – there gets to be more cogs in the wheel, but it's like they're all working so in sync together. And I guess this comes from my background of relating and having the intimacy with with, mm-hmm. with people and trusting in that because I really am passionate about relationships. So I find it's quite easy when for people to come together and, and have that flow and that sense of um, – you know, just showing up in what makes them feel really alive. And that creates a completely different vibration of how things can able to move inside of an organization and also inside of a business.
1: Hmm. Yeah, It's an interesting idea in that, like, most of us, even those who are not particularly uh, deep in this work can recognize that you can't force something in intimacy, like you can't force a procedure. Mm. Um, but uh, you so you have to listen if you want to be a good lover, for instance. I think where a lot of people maybe lose the idea like when like applying this to business is like, well, what if I don't have the inspiration? What if I'm waiting three months for the inspiration and like everything's falling apart? I've experienced that myself trying to, you know, mm-hmm. only listen to impulses. Um, how does, how did do you work through that or deal with that or address that?
0: Totally. I really know that one well. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, I've had the same thing and what I really got for myself um, during that period of my life is like, you know, abundance and like great intimacy, great sex, and all that—those pieces—they actually all rise from a state of like deep relaxation. You know, like our best mm-hmm. creativity comes when we're really deeply relaxed. And for me to do that, it has been a this journey of like, okay, how much do I need to be involved with building a team and um, you know connecting into people and having people's genius come together and synergizing a, a group of people, and then also like how much um, can I deeply rest into the space of allowing my creativity arise to arise. And the way that I've been doing this as well, is like, you know, I have a vision, very clear vision, and I want to see Eros integrated into society. That's like the simplistic, um, you know, one liner of what I'm actually mm-hmm. doing. I don't think that I have all the answers of how e- Eros is going to be integrated into society. Mm-hmm. So what uh, I'm doing is actually... Go mm-hmm. you good. I was just going to say is what I'm doing is actually trusting the current of whatever arises for everybody else and actually giving them back that, that ability to be able to feel supported inside of the organization I'm creating to bring through their creativity and supporting them through my ability to create connections with people and have volunteers and have interns and and really allow all of that energy to come together. What I've seen come from that is I've had, you know, people that, you know, are transforming in this space, being able to get onto stages, being able to, um, get the, these programs, create these modalities and, um, you know, synergizing this kind of like ethical board as well of council that allows us to kind of see what will work and what won't work. And when are we ready to see an idea come forward? Because there's plenty of people that have ideas as well, but it's about the connection to actually seeing what is actually able to come through and holding each other accountable and being able to have the difficult conversations and say like, this isn't ready. And can we, you know, what can we do to support you and in in having that become ready? Hmm.
1: So if I could put in other words, correct me if I'm wrong, like you, you create the, the um, intention or priority of stoking the fire of inspiration and then it kind of trust that that will lead into action as opposed to the other way around?
0: Yeah, I think there's a few layers to it and a few steps to it. But yeah, mm-hmm. basically what, was, what I'm saying is, is that, um, you know, I'm in trust that it's not just me that needs to have all the create, the creation. And it's not just me that needs to have all the ability to have all the funds to do all the things. It's like, it's just more of a collective experience and um, it's way more decentralized power in this, in this model that we're creating. So it's not like, like I said, the CEO is not sitting at the top of this model. Mm -hmm. If anything, I'm sat at the right at the back and just going, Hey, how can I support you guys? What needs to happen to have this move thing move forward and trusting in my position in that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's uh, I might be overdrawing the analogy, but uh, like when I'm educating guys on how to make love to a woman, I, I always drill, especially with like neophyte guys, like you can't make a woman want to have sex, but you can create conditions that would inspire her to perhaps get turned on. And then you don't yeah. have to do anything because she'll lead you. And it sounds like you're doing something similar with your staff member, staff members.
0: I love that. I love that so much. I, I feel like um, it's so, I love the word inspiration as well. And like, you know, what I'm seeing is if we have like the, uh, it kind of like the consciousness, the stillness, and like that um, kind of like Shakti, Kundalini energy that's rising. It's actually like the the stillness actually allows all of the Kundalini, uh, chaotic feminine energy, just to actually really like move in the world. So I feel like actually just listening and being in that and that point of stillness, and actually allowing that integration of the masculine and feminine inside of all of us, men and women to um to synergize. So I'm I'm hearing what you're sharing from other entrepreneurs is like we're either driving the masculine or we're deep in the creativity of the feminine. And it's like, well, when they come together, we can actually allow the, you know, I can drop into my feminine, be in my creativity. And then other times I'll come into stillness and allowing, you know, the the creativity to actually work through my team. So it's a bit of both. And I think that I really like your analogy of the what happens when people are inspired because that kind of comes back to that idea of like the abundance of um currency that's available and energy that's available Mm -hmm. when we're playing in that space
1: i'm curious what's the breakdown of men and women on your team
0: a lot of women right now
1: okay all right yeah yeah
0: I'm not even going to lie to you. No, we have, we do have men, but I I would say we're looking at like 60, 70% women right now, but that's just, um, you know, the nature of what's unfolded. I don't look for anything in particular. It's just been like my, my business started off as um, you know, the Institute of New Paradigm University working with women. And now we've just broached in towards working and opening up the school to men. So it's just been a natural progression. And there's been a lot more men coming in now.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, I've just, I was curious because um, the organization I used to work with, they had the same principles that they didn't, maybe didn't uh, exercise them the same way you're doing, but um, I found it really nourishing to my feminine side, but it was kind mm-hmm. of hard. Uh, it was a little more challenging. I think I, just like the way that the conventional with business world can be challenging for someone in a feminine mm-hmm. mindset, I, I did find it a little challenging as a masculine person. I was just curious if uh, if uh, mm-hmm. the men in your organization had a different experience or something was modified. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it it seems to be working for the men that are in there in there right now. And you know what I will say is like, it's always challenging. You know, like when people often talk to me about like you know doing monogamy versus doing polyamory. You know, like oh, you know, polyamory is so challenging. I'm like, actually, monogamy is really challenging too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's well, they're all challenging. And I'm not sitting here saying this has been a walk in the park. It's been easy. Like no organization is easy. It's just a choice of how um you know what's sustainable is my is my my biggest drive.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, You said something earlier, um, uh, incepting eros in society. I don't know if you use the word incepting, but eros into society. Can you uh, explain what that means to you?
0: Yeah. So um, I said like integrating eros into society. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like to me is like inside of our bodies, just allowing our sexual current to, and our erotic current to just be free inside of ourselves, like free of conditioning, free of beliefs, free of dogma, free of ideas of how things need to look. And then also allowing that to be out in the world. So on a, uh, you know, on a macro level that looks like, um, you know, law ch- lobbying changing the ways that um, ethics, you know, that if you, sounds like you have a pretty big background in like the understanding of the tantra world. So you might understand mm-hmm. that, like, there is no ethical board. There is no, um, you know, there's no professionalism inside of, there is actually no industry. Like if I say to you, um, you know, who are the biggest players in the coffee industry? You're like, okay, Starbucks and coffee club or whatever else we might think of. But if we say that same thing for sexuality, we don't have that. We don't have like the Tony Robbins of sexuality or the Oprah of sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just We don't have that kind of um, benchmark to play with. So, you know, what's building right now with Unified Vitality is this decentralized organization of um sexuality leaders that are actually becoming the council to build these things forward and when we'll see you know how we'll know that um eros is integrated into society is when we can see the laws of change when we can see um an ethical standards for all of these modalities that come together we can see contracts for all of these things we can see people being held accountable to uh, a level of excellence inside of this organized at the inside of these organizations
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting on a on a super macro level because Conventional culture is kind of shifting with the internet and a lot of factors shifting towards more feminine paradigms Which has pros and cons and everything in between Mm -hmm. But the tantra world has kind of been in that long before the conventional world So it's been interesting over the last Mm -hmm. 10 years, especially to see how uh, Even internet slang is kind of shifting towards what conscious sexuality communities have been doing for a while Uh, maybe with a little bit less awareness um, so it has mm-hmm. been interesting kind of just like looking at the cultural shift and seeing where uh, things are lying. And I'm wondering, I don't know, this is not really, you know, really a question, but um, what you think the world will look like more uh, w- with like the integrated Eros? I've, yeah, yeah, I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. For me, like when Eros is integrated into society, I just had a really funny thought um <laughs> my neighbor actually <laughs> just uh-huh. like I'm going into this now my neighbor actually shouted um, at me the other day she was like I can hear you when I was having sex I was like wow she's really angry that I'm having sex <laughs> like she's mad about it so maybe uh-huh. that won't be happening when when, <laughs> when eros is integrated into society but um more importantly I think it's about people being able to choose their relationships you know
1: mm-hmm. like
0: you know how to spoke about like monogamy and polyamory and there's a lot of that conversation in the world right now and um know, really on a deeper level what I hear when I hear those discussions is like we actually are not free to choose how we want to relate. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's about like writing our own scripts in our relationship having the people in our lives that um, that we want to have in our lives and having them and and allowing the spectrum of of, of sexuality to be inside of that. You know when people think that we talk to me about the simplistic of uh, simplicity of monogamy I always, you know, start having these conversations, with people like, okay, so what's cheating, you know? And then we start unfolding, you know, some people cheating is texting. Some people cheating is, um, you know, looking at somebody or flirting with somebody or kissing somebody, you know, and there's like, there's different degrees of what people allow inside of these relationships. And we've been doing this for like, you know, hundreds of years, we've been making up these relationships, but at the same time, we've been pretending that they fit into two boxes and that's just madness to me. So that's just like one area that I can see would be really, different if people were actually just free to choose their own relationships. And then you think about how that might affect people in the LGBTQ community, like where they can actually just be, they don't have to come out or like be anything. They can actually just like move with the current of wherever their sexuality is flowing. And no one's, there isn't, there's almost like, it kind of goes beyond this conversation of being gay or coming out or like, you know, any of these, these things. It's just like, what if we could just express in the way that it's suited to us? And then you think about how that might impact the way we look. So, you know we might want to dress um you know i might want to dress more like a more masculine some days maybe you want to wear a dress you know like it's just like completely way more open to allowing us to be exactly what we want to be and just kind of moving outside of boxes that are so rigid because it's mm-hmm. the rigidity of these boxes that is creates conditioning and it's conditioning that creates um repression around sexuality and it's the repression around sexuality that creates um people to have corrupt sexuality. And then we so and then we kind of look, go down the, you know, the rabbit hole of rape and pedophilia and all these different avenues and sex trafficking that's so corrupt. So it's just like, you know, the steps to, to these things are just like, how do we just dismantle the whole thing and create like this meeting from the complete unknown. And like you just said about how you tra- uh, work with men around sexuality, it's like people just need to listen. And if we're listening to the, the sensations inside of our body and our true desires, Like it will be a completely different world that we'll be living in.
1: Yeah. One thing that has been a little frustrating for me is that with, uh, you know, there's been a lot of positive progress in rights for people who've uh, previously been oppressed and, you know, LGBT and all that. Um, But at least outside of uh, the sexuality world and the conventional world, the taboo has been replaced of like anybody who's like masculinity gets shamed a lot now which is uh, ironic yeah. is kind of instead of uh, reaching a level of acceptance, they've just replaced the taboo, especially in leftist mm-hmm. culture. Like for a guy to be manly, traditionally manly, that's the worst thing. And I found a lot of younger men, especially guys who were teenagers through me too, just a few years ago, guys who are in their early 20s now, uh, have so much shame about their natural impulses to be what used to be um, celebrated like 50 years ago mm-hmm. or 30 years ago. And I'm wondering, especially because you're in Australia and I've had a few Australians on the podcast who all kind of say the same thing that masculinity in Australia is particularly bad as far as Western cultures. I don't know if you've experienced the same in terms of repression. Um, And I'm wondering uh, how that comes up in your work or if it does even.
0: Hmm. I mean, I I don't actually hold that belief that masculinity is a lot um, worse here, but perhaps I also live in a bubble, so I will acknowledge that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but how that comes up in my work is, you know, what i what I really noticed when I started uh, looking at the kind of women that were coming into um, the institute, and and the steps that they had that actually allowed them to even get into the thought of like, actually, I'd like to become a sexuality leader is you know it's quite an easy path for them you know they were just like oh cool i'm gonna do this goddess work and then i'm gonna like sit in circle with women and then you know like perhaps there's um you know then maybe i've been uh you know learning about my cycle and then all of a sudden i'm here you know it's just like it's actually quite available for women to be in their full sexual expression in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and actually that isn't the same for men and that makes me really sad Mm -hmm. you know it's like um it's a lot more taboo and you know the the pockets of people that have come in from uh to into the men's institute of new paradigm intimacy is men more from the fitness industry or from the army or you know and it's like the amount of catapulting that you would have to do from army fitness training world into sexuality world and even get to the point where you're thinking like actually i could stand on you know i could stand but like i could stand on a stage or i could be on facebook and i could share these are my views around sexuality and i will be received in that with a certain amount of love is you know it's a massive jump you know Mm -hmm. so like the because because it does feel like that is something that actually really makes me sad as well like how much i see that any man that has an opinion on um on sexuality things on on the internet is just instantly shut down um that that that, that's been really sad for me to watch the other thing that i noticed as well inside of the men's space if we look at like men's circles and men doing self-development work um you know a lot of what i'm seeing is like the men's work is really just around like Uh, making sure that we're they're still alive and like working through mental health stuff whereas like Mm -hmm. women's groups are very much like oh let's be abundant and sexually free and like Mm -hmm. this like openness um so that's been pretty intense to um,
1: yeah because in many ways i think i mean the shift away from hyper masculinity culturally i think has overall been positive but a lot of guys i think are finding that their natural impulses are less valued just because of the state of the world Mm -hmm. like we don't need to hunt we don't need to bash things yep. we've evolved very far away from that so a lot of the impulses that are natural to boys are not really needed um and uh, you know the world especially with the internet a lot of things are are becoming less polarized and like uh some many men i know in the united states many men are feeling obsolete just because what they used to be good at or what they are naturally good at is just not needed as much yeah yeah,
0: And I can understand that. And I, I think there is, I, I'm also not sure if it's not needed. It's just about like, you know, if we kind of come back to what we were talking about with the organization, I actually don't want to even believe that we're kind of moving into more feminine or needs to be more masculine or feminine. I'm like to think it's more integrated. And I think that the journey of like that, that entrepreneur piece where we're going, all right, I need to come into my masculine now. I need to come into my feminine. Is like, actually, what would just happen if we let go of that and just came into this place of like, I just need to be in um, response to whatever is actually showing up in front of yeah. me. Like and
1: like I would water. love to see
0: the same. Yeah. I'd love to see yeah. the same for, for for men to kind of have that experience of like, okay, cool. So I don't need to hunt anymore. Now, what do I need to do? You know, it's like, that's actually what happens when a man or a woman is on purpose. We're just in this state of like, how can I be of service rather than like how can I stick to my identity and show up in a certain way? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, to to your earlier point though, I think uh, just even women finding the things that feel really good to them is giving an opportunity for men to find their expression. I mean, obviously there's different gradients of polarity, but sex is one of the few places where it it exists so far beneath our egos that it's kind of like a return to nature. Like I think a lot of people, and I think this is where like the subconscious sexuality communities can kind of lead the world is that uh, when people are given the freedom to actually be who they are, they can express what they actually are attracted to. And a lot of feminine people are attracted to masculine people. And it's like clear as close to objective evidence as we can of like, Hey, young man, the way you feel like being is actually what is wanted in the world. That's okay. As opposed to leaving it in the realm of ideology, which can go back and forth so easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's going to be a very powerful world when we see men really stepping into the sexuality space and it's something I really want to see and um I'm really passionate about supporting men um, on that bridge of actually seeing what's possible. You know, a lot of people reflect that to me. as like, you know, men aren't even connected to it's actually possible to stand up and speak their truth around sexuality. And it's going to take the women to really back those men. And I believe that, you know, we have a lot of women that have been trained in this space now to be able to back these men. And I think they are dying to see that, you know, in my community here on the Gold Coast, what we are seeing is like, all these kind of conscious leader events. And, um, you know, these groups of people doing self-development and business, it's just, it is a lot of women. And I think that you're you're right. There is a, there's a bridge that needs to happen where men are actually coming into, actually, this is possible for me too. And I, and I get to ask for the support that I need to get me to those places. And I think that, you know, we're actually bridging into that now, which is quite exciting. Hmm
1: i'm curious about something that you just said about women supporting or like this idea of like synergy let's say between a couple or some connection because i i've heard and i've read a lot of the issues with modern couples kind of goes back to male emasculation we can maybe put in a general term of like um woman the woman is the breadwinner uh, and like again there's no like really room for the guy Feeling. I, I wonder if that's come up ever in your work as as uh, women you work with are becoming super powerful leaders and, and whatnot
0: Great. yeah I have some first hand experiences of that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a question around it
1: yeah because uh, like a lot of my I have a lot of uh female friends who are like yourself successful confident mm-hmm. doing what they want to do in the world, but they find it's hard to find men that match them now because like the bar has been raised so high so for, for to be in the presence of someone that has them feel safe being feminine like the the percentage of men they come across is like very low I don't I don't know if that's what you've experienced but I've, a lot of my female friends have the same issue and it's like they're almost too uh sparkly for the guys that are around and it's like hard for them to date comfortably
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't had the experience that it's hard for me to date or that, um, you know, men don't reach that bar or whatever, but I do have the um, experience of that men are often experiencing a lot of intimidation. And I, you know, have been lucky enough to have those conversations with men about what is the intimidation, where is it coming from, what is it they're wanting to, you know, what is it that's stopping them from feeling connected to themselves? And I feel like it is like the – well, if we look at it in the masculine and feminine, again, it's like the masculine is actually, is growing up inside of the women's bodies. And there is something for, you know, the men that I see that are able to, to meet my, me in this space are men that are not afraid of their femininity. And it doesn't mean that they're not afraid of their femininity, like it presents as feminine. Like a lot of this, the femininity I experience in, um, you know, the people that I date or, um, yeah, people that are my clients as well, is that they just have this access point to their, to be able to connect to their feeling body and that's that's a major thing that i think is, is happening for men now it's just like you know that a lot of the conditioning has been shutting them down going you cannot you know you should not feel you know boys should not cry and all this kind of bullshit and what's actually you know the, the almost the most powerful thing a, a man can do right now is actually drop into the feeling body and 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 connect to that listening you know kind of what you, really i'm really supportive of what you spoke about of a man listening to a woman that he wants to be intimate with You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's all that needs to be happening. I don't actually think these women want for much. I think they just want to be listened to and not listened to. And like, they want to talk all day and be listened Mm -hmm. to. It's like, they want to be felt, you know, and a lot of like, a lot of, you know, I think that the fast paced nature of the entrepreneur world, and especially for myself, is like, I don't want to be in big conversations with people and talk to them all day. Like I'm looking for an under, like somebody that can just be with me in the feeling of what's going on. And that that creates a beautiful, like almost like a uh, telepathy, you know. And I I feel like I have that experience with my team, and also the men in my life. And um, yeah, it's quite it's quite profound. So I mean, for the men that are looking to date these women that they feel are too sparkly, you know, I'd ask them whether they can um, drop into their feminine even more. And I even had a um, a partner of mine the other day share with me he said, oh, I just realized that I was outsourcing my feminine to you again. And that, and hmm. that was making me sad. And then he was like, and then he came back into his own and he was like, I feel really empowered now and I'm feeling really in flow and you know, everything's just opened up again. And I think like, it, it's just like a natural thing that happens when we, you know, we're a in, in intimacy. Hmm. So yeah, it's just like really that sovereign piece of coming back to ourselves and remembering that it's all inside of us, the masculine and feminine. We don't have to look outside of us to find that.
1: Cool. Cool. All right. oh, I've been meaning to ask you on this because uh, your colleague sent me this as one of the things: butt plugs for business.
0: <laughs>
1: can, can <laughs> you break down topic what that in means. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, we just launched some um, butt plugs called the Anal Alchemists, and they are like, you know, I've kind of been talking about this resting state and meeting from this moment and this kind of connection to the unknown. Like I find that the one of the, you know, I'm really not into mindset work and affirmations and doing things from the head. I'm really about like dropping into the, into the being and feeling what's going on inside of my body and on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm like going about my life, doing my business and I'm making decisions and, you know, coming up against many different problems as we do in the entrepreneur world. um, I feel like I have a choice in any given moment to kind of meet the world, meet my decisions from fear or meet them from this expansive place and it doesn't mean that the fear doesn't come up and it doesn't mean that i but it does mean that i don't have to get stuck in the process of sitting around talking about them all day um if i'm actually able to meet that and meet that 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 relationship to deep surrender and to free falling into the unknown and when we're in our survival state which um you know any time we get any kind of triggers in our relationships or any traumas come up it all kind of gets locked into the anus you know it's like this is the root this is the root chakra you know mm-hmm. this is the base of where our survival and our dogma and our conditioning and all that bullshit just all gets stuck all the shame that we feel from being triggered it's all stuck there in our anus and and those this is like the the, the tightness that we feel around that area when we start to play with more like uh, with butt plugs and, and things like this is all of that that density that we're holding on to mm. and what i started to like when i you know I work with a few like entrepreneurial women and also the people in my course and i started working with them on their self-pleasure and them kind of being okay with being seen being okay with getting out there in the world and, um, making decisions from a place of like, um, expansion and not contraction. It actually comes from the alchemizing of, of that, um, of working with that part of the body. So what I'm seeing is like, it's almost like a connection to like, um, alchemize like the masculine and feminine together, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. When we start to, um, you know, and when I work with a butt plug, it's not just like there is no ramming going on. There's no like pushing, <laughs> you know, you can imagine with everything else I'm sharing with you, it's like, it is this delicate, graceful process of just like really being with uh, just like the, the pulse of life that is actually in that area too. And just like being with the tenderness of all the parts that we're contracting and all the parts that we're, we're struggling with, all the shame we're feeling, um, anything that's there. And just like slowly being with that part and and creating that relationship with the unknown. And when we do that, we're actually just like freeing up the body to come back into expansion from any kind of contraction. Um, And it's been really profound to, yeah, like work with people in their business around this. It's like, I've had so many people like that have worked with um, butt plugs that have gone, wow, all of a sudden I have this ability to make so much more money and I have this ability and I'm feeling so much more in flow state now. And, you know, this is like, I'm not needing to control everything anymore because all of this stuff is just sitting there at the base. So So when you say work with the client,
1: you're actually speaking about like guiding them or helping them with, like with a physical butt plug for the purpose of their business succeeding better.
0: Exactly.
1: Cool. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I've never like uh, recommended butt plugs to students or anything, but I do like tell guys in men's workshops all the time. Like if you're feeling ungrounded all the time, you might want to check your anus. And it's funny because in every room Mm -hmm. of men I've spoken to, you'll see like, like eyes just pop like, whoa, like everyone's just like, I've been clenching my butt my entire life. And I didn't know it. Like so many men have told yeah. me that. Um, totally. Have you heard of the book, The Surrender by Tony Bentley? No,
0: should I, check it I out? think
1: you would like it. It's, um, it's a memoir written by a woman. She's like, a, I think a sex writer, but she wrote an entire memoir on receiving anal sex. And how like, you know, there's certain things you can access or you're forced to access or you have to access uh in surrender when it comes to receiving anal that you can't do in any other kind of sexual thing. Like it's either you're open or you're not. And it's it it forces you to act as a part of yourself because you have to let go for it to work. And I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah, I really believe if like um, all entrepreneurs started using butt plugs, what we would see is just like this way more, this ability to receive so much more and just so much less push. Because you're not in a, like when you're receiving anal, like you said, there's that woman, it's just like, you're not in a state of like, oh, I'm going to control this and this is how it's going to be for me. It's like, no, you have mm-hmm. to fully let go to that experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that is like the completely letting go to the unknown because you don't know what's on the other side of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've also, because um, I, I speak with men about ejaculation control and a lot of guys ask mm-hmm. like, uh, how can I achieve multiple orgasms as fast as whatever? And I, I, I don't, I've never recommended buff plugs, but I have recommended guys uh, explore their, their root chakra, their anus, because there's something about being so relaxed that it stays open that allows so much more sensation to flow through that. It's so easy to clench and pretend like you're open when you're not, but you put something there.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's all the emotion as well. Like a lot of the reason why I think um, ejaculation happens is because like, we're not, a man isn't feeling safe in their body, mm-hmm. you know? So, and like when like a lot of our safety is linked to our survival. And so what we're doing is really just like opening up that part of us that is in survival. And so it, like you said, all this energy can just move through the body because it's not contracted, stuck in one area, which is very closely linked to where we're actually having the problems.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. On that note, let's talk about sex magic. I saw it's uh, something Ooh, you have on your classic. website. I'd love to hear <laughs> your definition of it first.
0: Hmm. Well, I think that, um, you know, the way that I talk about sex magic is not just like, I, I can I cannot stress more how much I'm not really into affirmations. Like I really feel like all of this, all the magic happens in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm open to affirmations when it is uh, like in alignment with this. But if you stand in the mirror and say like I want to be rich, I want to be rich, I want to be rich, it's not going to change anything. If your whole body and your whole subconscious mind is just saying that is the most terrifying, awful thing that could ever happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's very similar to what I'm doing with the butt plugs. It's just like how do we speak to the unconscious mind? And, um, you know, so when I, I have a, a sex magic meditation, it's just like free on Spotify for anyone to access. Um, and what I t- teach people when, they, when they're going through this is it's like, you're not going to uh, put this practice on, manifest what you want to manifest, and then it's just all going to come into fruition. The process of sex magic is actually being with all the parts of yourself that are not already that thing. So if you want to be rich or you want a dream partner or you want, you know, the dream career, whatever the thing is, it's just like, you actually need to come like, come into the sensational feeling of all the parts of you that are not already that. Mm-hmm. And so when people do this sex magic meditation, it's just like, you know, stuff comes up, things get uncomfortable. And it's just like really journeying with the discomfort in the body to alchemize that, to allow your, your manifestations to come into reality. Mm-hmm. And I believe when we, when we, it's almost like, it, almost what I do is kind of like reverse sex magic you know it's not like you know ideally we want to go into a state of pleasure and, so, and to open it to be in this expansive state but what we're, what a lot of what's happening in the early days when people haven't worked through the things that need to be worked through is the um is the being with what is not already that so any part of me that is in anxiety or in fear or feels deep grief around something needs to be I need to be with that part of me first to free up the energy to actually allow me to move into flow, which is again, an, um, a big part of you know the butt plugs and the unknown and sex magic. It's just like when you move into flow state within those spaces and these untamed parts of you come alive with your erotic energy, that just translates into your, into your business, into your ability to meet men um, and your ability to um, be with women, you know, like all those things that we've spoken about on this, in this mm-hmm. chat, like that you're saying are the problems of people that we've, that you've been chatting to. Hmm. I feel and, like they all share for this.
1: Well, we'll direct people to that that link at Spotify. But can you can you like paint the picture of what does it look like? Or is are you just pondering? Are you self pleasuring through it? Like what is the actual procedure typically?
0: Yeah, so um, it's exactly what I just shared. So you know, for me, self pleasure is not just like um, it's not masturbation. So mm-hmm. when I masturbate, it's like I'm going into my body and then I'm just going to like um, you know use friction based pleasure to have arousal, pleasure, orgasm. But when I am self-pleasuring, it's like I'm actually just dropping into my body and letting my body speak to me. So yes, yeah, sometimes I can look like touching the genitals and, st- and stimulating the body to feel more and more erotic energy when that, when that current is there and wants to rise through me. But other times it will just look like being with my body and just holding myself or breathing. And I guess really it's just using the tantric tools, which is like sound breath, movement, touch, and just using those in whatever way feels natural and allowing the body to guide that rather than me going, okay, I'm going to now you know, touch my breast or like touch my hands or whatever that thing is. It's like, I'm going to actually allow my body to speak to me and make that decision.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, how do you modify it when with a partner or is it same, same process? Oh, That's
0: great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I actually, well, I really like the idea of of people doing the self-pleasure practicing together, but I Mm -hmm. think there's something beautiful in the witnessing of that too, you know, just like being and and noticing, you know, some of the best sex that I think can be had is when, um, yeah, two people drop into being with themselves initially and actually finding their, uh, their current on this on their own. So it's like opening your own body up to sexual energy and kind of not having that expectation on your partner to arouse you, to make you feel good. It's Like when you make yourself feel good and then you come together from that place, it's kind of like you're already in the state of, of abundance. You know, there's no kind of like, uh, there's no debt that we're starting off on, starting off in. It's like we're actually already in, in our own experience. And I find that when we're already connected to our own sexual energy, it just amplifies when we're connected with somebody else. Hmm. So yeah, very similar. And you can definitely do the sex magic meditation with your partner. And I really recommend like setting the intention, sharing what it is that you want to call in almost like, um, and then when, you know, if we talk about, you know, the traditional sex magic ideas of like moving the um, orgasm through, the reason why I think self-pleasure can be really powerful when you do it together and alone is because you're, you're not bypassing with adrenaline basically like sometimes when we're with a partner it can get me so exciting and so like invigorating that we just want to go okay quickly I just want to like have this go and have this orgasm it's so vulnerable and I don't really want to be in it you know <laughs> whereas when we actually slow down and actually be with ourselves and, and open up our own um, bodies it's like we actually get to bring home all those parts of us that we've left behind in the day that maybe have been a bit emotional or a bit disconnected from ourselves and and slow down and breathe through them all. And when we breathe and we allow the sound and the breath and the movement to all come together. And then we bring the touch in. It's just like the the orgasm is building with so much more momentum. And so when we hit it, it's like we're dropping into that altered state and that's where the quantum field is, you know? And that's where really we can do the real manifesting when we actually allow our orgasms to, to stay in that space and we don't have to like rush through them and then they just spark off. It's like that when we get able to stay in that orgasmic state for longer, that's where we actually get into the quantum field and that connection to source.
1: Cool. Uh, I think I saw on your site. You, <laughs> Just casually. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, of course. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, sounds great. Um, I think I saw on your site. I uh, you studied with Ista. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. i I am pretty connected with Ista, and like I've done some like one of my mentoring with some of the people that are in the governance of that too. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, do you know Laurie Handlers?
0: Yeah, I love Lori. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah,
1: she was just on the podcast like last week. Uh, so I'm, I actually meant to ask her about Sex Magic, but I forgot. Uh, so it just reminded me. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, so can you share a little bit about uh, New Paradigm, uh, your offerings and how it works and how people can find you?
0: Yeah, Sure. So um, end of August, we have round three coming up. We've got the Men's Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy and the Women's Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. Mm-hmm. Six-month online course to become a sexuality leader. It involves um, the modality of self-pleasure. It involves um, being, you get tokens into the um, Unified Vitalities decentralized organization, um, which means that you actually get to become part of the vision and be voting into the vision. So you're actually helping us like, collectively choose what the future of sex looks like. There's so many different opportunities inside of that, as well as like, you know, we teach them, teach everyone all the basics that you need to know to get your business off the ground and actually create a, uh, a lifestyle out of this. Um, we also have the Eros Vault, which is for people who, you know, are not looking to become a sexuality leader, but they wanted to deep dive and have a community of people around them to support them on their sexuality journey. Um, yeah, those are the main things. Cool. We've got the sexuality meditation well, right? and all the pieces. Yes, we have the podcast, the new paradigm intimacy podcast, awesome. um, heaps of stuff. Um, I know you said you've got a lot of men listening to this as well. So we actually have uh, men's week right now on the podcast. We've got heaps of me- uh, male sexual men that are all sexuality leaders on there talking about the work of this.
1: Awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, are, are many of your programs in Australia or most of it's online now? I guess that's the state of the world, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all online. And then we've got like level two that'll be coming out next year.
1: Gotcha cool Yeah. awesome uh any last thoughts you want to share this has been great conversation so far
0: mm. no i feel pretty complete this has been really fun thank you
1: okay great yeah well i'm uh, happy to meet you and yeah thanks for coming on
0: no worries thank you bye